Vogelsang Pest Management has programs for everyone's budget. Call us at 314-601-1789. Vogelsang Pest Management, serving your family like you're our family. Brad? Hi, Westplex 1071. This is BS in the Morning. I am Shelly. He is Brad. And you are listening to 1071 BS in the Morning show. It's actually, our web address is actually bsinthemorning.show. And hi, Brad. How you doing? I always love it when you take charge. <laughs> you never let me do it very often. <laughs> it's always always the option for you. You can always say, hey, just do it. I don't care. Jump on the air. Have fun. We do stuff, right? It's Friday, 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 Friday. That is part of your um, mission statement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I tell you what. <laughs> I just can't. This this week with the weather has just been crazy good. You Isn't know? it? Hasn't it? Though? Oh my god! You know, I mean, you know, everybody. Hey, talk about the weather. You know, I mean, I get it. You know, it's not. It's like sort of like the basic thing. You know, you meet somebody. Hey, boy, the weather's nice today, isn't it? But you know, normally this time of the year, it sucks. You know, it's hot and humid. Boy, it's been just the opposite. But it really has. I wonder what September has in store for us. Uh, it's going to change. I wonder if we're going to get the weather in September that we were supposed to get in August. Well, it's going to change over the weekend because it's going to be. You know, we're going to get. As a matter of fact, I think even today. Let me take a look at this. We'll have Jennifer. What's her name again? Vojitsky. Uh, she'll be coming along here soon. Uh, by the way, if you have not been outside yet, uh, you might want to be. Uh, you know, the the traffic hasn't been too bad ever since the the virus deal. But uh, some fog this morning could be uh, bad in some of the low lying areas. So you might want to just get a little bit early start this morning. We'll have the complete forecast coming up. But today, eighty five. Uh, tomorrow, uh, eighty seven. Sunday, eighty nine. But then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're back into the nineties. So uh, enjoy it while we can. Right. I wonder if it's going to be a humid 90. Do you have the feel like? Do I have to feel like you can't? That's a trademark thing. You can't you can't just say that. Is it? <laughs> I think it's. No, AccuWeather. it's not. Stop. No, it. AccuWeather. I think they have they call it real feel or something like that. Uh, you know, that's trademarked to theirs. Well, I didn't say real feel. What'd you say? I said. What did I say? <laughs> feel, feel like. You, I said, do you have the feels like temperature? You can't say that either because that, that's Joe Biden's trademark. Okay. Did, did you watch into the thing last night? You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I watched bits and pieces. Did you really? I haven't, uh-huh. I haven't watched any of this. I've never, you know, not once. And, and I'm going like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I take that back. After he gave his speech last night, um, I watched... You know, they instantly upload everything to YouTube. And, you know, once again, I'm the YouTube guy. I watched a little bit of it on YouTube. I don't know. I, I, so who'd you watch? Did you watch Trump or did you watch Biden? Oh, no, no. I watched I watched the, the you know, the, 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 the Biden speech last night. And, you know, he's okay. But I guess the thing that bothers me about politicians in general is that I heard somebody yesterday say it, and boy, it it it, it really sort of stuck struck home that there's nobody that can change your life but you, and if you fall under the the I don't know I don't fall prey I don't want to use that that sounds too extreme but under the illusion that somebody who you vote for mayor or city council or state rep or U.S. rep or senator or vice president or president, somebody that you vote is going to 
make your life better, then you've got problems. Because the people, the only person who can really make your life better is you. Now, I understand that their policies that they enact, you know, I mean, we're going, I mean, heaven knows we're going through a situation right now through, you know, this year so far since, you know, probably late February, early March, where things have radically changed and the government has had a big impact in that and quite honestly, a very negative impact. But like, for example, we talked about the stock market is kicking butt, you know, I mean, did you know, you know, yesterday, let me see if this is if yesterday, Tesla the stock, I, I believe it closed. I know when I was listening to it for a while, uh, T-E-S-L-A, went over $2,000. I believe it closed over $2,000. $2,000 a share. Okay, Tesla stock. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, just a tad over $2,000. $2,001.83 a share. Okay. In one day, it was up six point. 65%, up 123.30 points in one day, okay? And if you go back, if you go to a six-month thing on Tesla, if you go back when the market fell apart, uh, you know, in March and into April, it was down to about 500, okay? It's at 2,000. And once again, for those of you who don't play the stock market, if you would have had, let's say, if you would have bought one share of stock for, um, you know, for for at, at five hundred dollars a share, you would have made fifteen hundred dollars in what six months. And if you bought two shares of stock, you would have made three thousand dollars. Three shares of stock, forty five hundred dollars. Four shares of stock, six thousand dollars. Ten shares of stock, fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, think about that. And, and, and people say, oh, oh, the economy is in terrible shape. Well, not the stock market. You know, and, and, and once again. Yeah, how about the Goodyear stock? <laughs> that is sort of, you know, I, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I, I do, I, I think the president is being hypocritical because he doesn't like the cancel culture and yet he's calling out. If you don't know what, what's happened with this, apparently this was in Wichita. Wasn't Wichita? Um, where an employee took a picture of a PowerPoint presentation they were given about deportment in the plant and things you can't do and things you can do. And it was okay to wear a Black Lives t-shirt, Black Lives Matter t-shirt. It was okay to do this. It was okay to do that. But you could not wear a MAGA hat, a All Lives Matter hat t-shirt, or a Blue Lives uh, hat or t-shirt, or you could not wear the flag with the the you know the the blue streak in it, which was pro police, he couldn't wear that. So this guy apparently sitting in this in this orientation, uh, he's an employee, and this is like their whatever their their you know their this is how you have to you know comport yourself here at the plant. Took a picture of this and sent it to the local TV station, and the local TV station did a story on it, and it got all the way up to the president. So he says, "Don't don't buy Goodyear tires." And did you did you hear the thing where he said, you know the 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 beast they call it, which is his limousine, has yeah. has special Goodyear tires, and he's trying to find a replacement for the tires on the presidential limousine. I'm telling you. The guy just cracks me up, you know? 
I mean, it's one of those things where in good years go, well, no, want to hold on a minute now. Uh, uh, uh. And now they're saying that, that that wasn't an official presentation. And apparently it was it was done by some company that they hired to come in and to do, you know, the HR kind of stuff. Hey, this is what you can do. And still, you know, I told you I sat at the bar the other night um, where uh, where, uh, you know, I went to eat dinner and a lady wanted to get rid of me. So she made my food to go. Remember me telling that story? <laughs> and I sat there. and I Yeah, I remember that. And I was right there at the bar in the two big screen TVs. I was watching the Cardinals game with nobody on nobody in the stands. And then I was watching the goofy NBA game. And the coaches all have Black Lives Matter T-shirts on. And I'm going, I don't know about this. Uh, you know, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not against Black Lives Matter, but I guess probably more than, than anybody, I'm a little bit, uh, I saw what, how the Black Lives Matter movement started right here in, in St. Louis area in Ferguson. Yeah. I experienced that firsthand when I went up there and was yes, doing my we reporting. All did. Well, I mean, I was right in the middle of it six years ago. Yeah, you were. And you really were. Well, I mean, Black Lives Matter, uh, what was the chant, uh, take the cops, fry them up like bacon, you know, I mean, uh, I, that, that, that still doesn't set too well with me. I, I spent three years of my life working at a police department when I was a young dude going to college. And, um, you know, were all the cops perfect? No. I told you, I keep telling you about the, the cop I had that hated hippies, hated hippies. It wasn't yeah, black. You told me about that. It wasn't white. If you had long hair, and it, you know, back in the day, he'd pull you over and he'd hassle you because you were a hippie, you know. And like, do we do hippies' lives matter now? Hipster lives matter now? I don't know. Who knows? What do I know? Hippies' lives do matter. <laughs> I don't. I just don't understand a lot of stuff. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't understand a lot of stuff that's going on. By the way, did you hear the Blues are about ready to get eliminated out of the playoffs? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. The Blues are about to be eliminated out of the playoffs. It's a best of seven series. They're down three to two, so uh, oh my, they have to they have to win their last two games in the series. Otherwise, they're gone and the season's over for them. And it's like, okay, didn't it just start? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like our restart, I guess. As the the you know, and once again, when they fin when the when the uh, the the season was put on hold, uh, they were doing pretty well. And you know, keep in mind they're the you know the Stanley Cup champions from last year. So and the Cardinals, the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals won yesterday. And I don't know if it's just me, but it doesn't seem to be that like I hear anybody talking about the sports now. I mean, you know, it's just I don't know maybe because of the fact that it seems so bizarre that you know the Blues are playing all their games in Canada. You can't go watch a Blues game. Uh, you can't go watch a Cardinals game, although they do come here and play in Bush Stadium, but you can't sit and watch the game because nobody's allowed in. Remember, they, did you see that picture the other day where they're doing the cardboard cutout dealie again? Where Yes, yes, they, I saw that. Eh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. The whole thing's weird. Um, well, it's effective, and, it's, and it, more people are doing it, so. Oh, here we go. Tesla, this is this from the smartest woman in the world. Get this. Tesla, 52-week low. Two hundred and fourteen dollars high, twenty twenty one, and she says here only gamblers play the stock market as you indicate. No, 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 no. Uh, stock market is for investors. Well, that's the case. But for example, if you have a retirement plan that has a four hundred one k or something like that or whatever, if you have, if you have a, a, a what's what's the the uh, 
the term, the, um, uh, I can't remember, the insurance policy that you buy. It's, it's, well, it's like a retirement vehicle, but it's like an insurance policy by, you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember. I do, but I don't know what the name of it is. Anyway, um, that's, everybody's in the stock market. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people are. Teachers sure are. You know, the teachers, uh, uh, you know, a lot of pension funds are in the stock market. Man, I had a weird day yesterday. You I did? Got, what happened? I got my temperature taken. I'm a little bit upset about that. I'm sorry? I got my temperature taken. You know, you go into buildings, some buildings you go into now, they, they take your temperature. Haven't you had that yes. happen to you? You know, they scan your head? Yes. Uh, this guy had a brain scanner, and uh, he tried to scan my brain, and there was nothing there. Okay. <laughs> so what does it have to do with your temperature? It was 98.1. Okay. That's high for me. You know, it's funny because mine has been 97, 96. That's, that's mine. That's mine been too. I mean, I haven't had a 98 since I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe I'm getting sick. I've been like every place I've gone where they scan your head. It's like mine's been 96, 8, 97, 1, 97, 3. You know, it's like the radio business, you know? I was just going to say that. I, and, and, and yesterday I was 98, 1. Yesterday I was Y98, you know? And I even said to the guy, I go, yes, I go, you were. I go, oh, 98, one, I don't know about that. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll let you in. I go, oh, I don't know. It's the highest one I've ever had. So, yeah, 98, one. That's funny. Well, what were you doing that you had to get your temperature scanned everywhere? Certain buildings you go into, they scan your temperature. You haven't had that happen yet? Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. I mean, matter of fact, in, in I heard out in L.A., they do it everywhere. Oh, God, I heard a guy talking about this yesterday, that the restaurants in L.A., that have outside dining areas are kicking butt. The ones that don't are dying. Yeah. You know, which is sad, you know? I mean, and, and I mean, sad in the respect that certain restaurants uh, are, are dying. And some of the ones that are very successful are, you know, that don't have any kind of an outside dining area. You know, I don't know if you've seen this or not. Um, we'll talk about this next hour, about what they've done in Clayton with some of the restaurants. You know what I'm talking about? In Clayton? Yeah. With the restaurants? Yeah. No. It's interesting. I saw this. I saw this on TV when they first started doing it, um, and then I, uh, I experienced it personally. I was in Clayton the other day, and I thought that's interesting. And I'm thinking, I wonder how that's working out for the restaurants. Anyway, we'll talk about that next hour. Uh, we have to take a break. This is BS in the Morning. Uh, website is bsinthemorning.show, and we will be back. What does a man have to say hey. to be totally locked up, locked up by you, Shelly? What does a man have to say? I'll tell Hello? you. Hello? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what a man's got to say. He's got to say. They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. That's what a man's got to say. You got to breathe. Yeah, that, that would really hit home with me. <laughs> you got to breathe. <laughs> I'm going to go to a bar. Really? I'm going to go to a bar tonight. I'm going to go up to a woman. I'm going I'm to say, I'm going to look at her. I'm going to smile. I'm going to look at her. I'm going to say. They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. What do you think she'd do? I think that she would think <laughs> you were weird and either blow a whistle or... Um, What's the, what's the thing that that shocks dogs? That does people too? Shock a collar. taser? Yeah, well, no, the well, the shock collar. But I, you know, she'd have to say, she'd have to say to me, "Hey, you know, you'd look much better with this collar on here. Would you put this collar on?" And I'd put it on, and she'd hit the button. Yeah, don't do that because that's it's not fun. <laughs> Why you've had a shock collar put on you before? <laughs> <laughs> that was from a friend. 
a friend put a shock collar on you? No, a friend told me not to do that. Why? Because they put a shock collar on themselves? I didn't ask because I didn't think it was any of my business. <laughs> Sounds a little kinky to me. Hey. Again, not my business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, you, you know, I mean, it's things that, but, but think about that for a minute, okay? Like, when does that get to the point where people are, I mean, why isn't there a movement of people who's going like, we don't think that dogs should have shock collars? Because, you know, that's that whole invisible fence dealing. You know, that's, do you have an invincible fence? Yeah, but it's like a TENS unit. It's not even a shock shock collar. It's like a TENS unit. Yeah, but, but it still doesn't feel good. It's not like the dogs, you know, run over to the, to the you know, edge of the property and like, you know, trigger things. We're like, oh man, that feels good. It hurts yeah. them. It hurts them. Well, that's why they don't do it. It doesn't work when you put it on their testicles, but, you know. <laughs> Why did we go there? Okay, let's Because move. that's what I do, Brad. You knew that before you asked me to co-host the show with you. Well, I don't even know oh, where. Oh, that's right. I don't even know where that came from. Okay, I've been corrected by the smartest woman in the world, and she is correct. Uh, the Black Lives Movement did not start here in St. Louis. It started a year earlier uh, with the acquittal of the George Zimmerman, Tavon Martin shooting. Uh, but it became prominent here in the St. Louis area. Uh, 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 Michael Brown in 2014 and then Eric Garner in New York City. Um, and uh, so that's that's where the Black Lives Matters movement came from. And it was not, but it, it, it picked up, it really picked up steam here in the St. Louis area. You know, so, I really don't think that the Black Lives Matter meant to cause any harm. I don't think it's the Black Lives Matter that's doing all of this. I think it's other groups that are paid professional protesters. I don't know if they're paid or not. I think it's I think it's just, you know, I mean, you know, think about it for a minute. It's sort of like the situation that if, um, you know, this is human. They have to be getting paid. Otherwise, they would have a real job. No, 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 no. This is this is human nature. OK, human nature is is you always try to find the weak, the weak part. You know, in other words, the idea being is that if you know that there's like, for, for example, used to be the running joke. Uh, that there are certain municipalities that it's not as bad as it used to be, but there are certain let me try that again. Certain municipalities that just nailed you if you were two or three or four miles an hour over the speed limit, and to the point where uh, you know there used to be, uh, for example, on 170, a little place called uh, Bell was it Belnor on uh, northbound 170. There, yep, uh, that's you exactly at, what it was called. As you're coming toward the airport, I don't know if Belnor's still around or not. Charlac used to do it to a certain extent, but they would stick a guy out in the interstate, you know, almost like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and he just set right nothing but speeding tickets. And if you were doing 65 and a 60, you got a ticket, and pretty much everybody got that reputation. But the but the uh, the the ing- interesting angle of that is that people, for the most part. If they knew about that, would slow down on Northbound 170. Oh, I'm on Northbound 170. It's a radar trap. Years and years and years and years and years ago, it was Times Beach on Interstate 44 uh, when there was still a Times Beach between um, Valley Park and Eureka. And then there was a place on, was it Highway 54 going down the lake called Max Creek? Same thing there, that uh, there was a thing where where uh, they just did radar 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's how the city made money. They just issued traffic tickets. My point being is that if you knew that that was a place that constantly patrolled the highways for speeding, you didn't speed there. But if you knew that there was a section of the highway where the police department never went on the interstate and the highway patrol never really gave out any tickets, you'd speed. 
So, I mean, that's human nature. You know, I mean, if, if you know that there's a teacher, like when you were in, in school, if you know there was a teacher who was somewhat lenient on, on homework, and if you didn't have your homework the next day, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't have my homework done. Oh, that's okay. Just turn it in tomorrow. You know, you'd slack off on your homework. But if you had another teacher that if, you know, if you didn't turn in your homework the next day, you know, hey, too bad. Zero. Going to kill you on your grade. Sorry. Can I turn it in later today, tomorrow? Nope. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, when you know things are tough, people pay attention. And when you know things are lax, people don't. Correct. How did I get talking about that? I don't know. You were (laughs) off on tangents all morning. Oh, my God. Tangents. That's where I went on vacation. Tangent? Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard it was a really cool place. Oh, my God. It's great. But you're never able to sit down. It's so busy. Yeah. Well, well, it's like sandals. Going here, going there. It's like sandals, but only, be- only better. Tangent. I'm sorry? It's like sandals, but only better. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, you're so funny. No, no I'm not. I, I, had a, I, I had a friend recently uh, tell me that they flew on Southwest, and what was sort of interesting was... Um, they said the plane was almost full. And what's interesting is I saw this ad just the other day for Southwest that said that they have the middle seats open, that they're not filling the planes up, and they're going to do this to like till October 1st or something like that. And yet, I know, matter of fact, that's the second or third person that has told me, no, was not the case. There were people in that middle seat. Because if there wouldn't, you know, not everybody was in a middle seat, but there were quite a few people in middle seats, and that meant that the inside and the outside aisles because uh, Southwest has the three by three seating, and uh, you know that means that uh, if you figure that, that would, I mean, what would the statistics be? If you have if you have six rows of seats, and four of the rows are full, so that would be uh, that would be what two thirds of the plane would be full, and if you had people, some people in the in the center seats, that would mean that the plane was over two thirds full. That's not bad. I mean, you know, back in the day. It's really not bad. It's better than the red-eye flights that they used to have. Uh, as smartest woman in the world says, SWA keeps pushing out the middle seat date. But I'm telling you, I mean, I've had two people now tell me they've been on Southwest flights where the flight has been full enough where there were people sitting in the middle seats. In other words, there were rows where there were three people abreast. And I mean, maybe there were family members. I don't know. But still, I mean, it's not, you know, they say, well, we're not going to have to sell the middle. You know, then, you know what? I say, just take it out. If you're not going to use that middle seat, just take it out. The middle seat uh, filled means your party is of three. Yeah, but the problem with it is, is that what the one person told me, that every single window and aisle seat was filled, and there were people in the middle seats, which means they've overbooked the plane, according to that, Right. They always overbook the plane. No, but they're not supposed to be doing that with the coronavirus thing. They're supposed to be, you know, they're, the middle seats are supposed to be empty. That was the deal. Well, hmm. pie crust promise easily made, easily broken. I'll never understand where you, you come, and I, you know, I never understand that. I mean, it's like the part where you always say, that, I'm going, like, that's like me saying, it's like the clock ticks backwards. Well, you don't know what a pie crust promise is? No. I, 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 Do you know how flaky and breaky the um, the the pie pie crust is? I don't eat pie, so I wouldn't know. You don't eat pie? I know. Terrible. Everybody eats pie. Not me. I hate pie. Is it a texture thing? No, I just don't like pie. I never have liked pie. Cake, oh, okay. fine. You know, pie, well, anyway, no thanks. Te- pie is pie crust is very flaky and yeah. it breaks easily. Yeah. And um, you can get a slice of pie, and then all of a sudden you'll, your 
you're going to eat that pie with intent, then you break the crust. Mm-hmm. Pie crust promise, easily made, easily broken. Whatever you say. 644. Whatever I say. Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She is Brad. 651. It is a Friday morning. TGIF. Friday is always one of my favorite days. Back on the KSOQ days when I was on that station, we used to have special songs on Friday. We don't do that here because Shelly, I asked Shelly when we first started in the show, hey, can we do special songs on Friday? She goes, no, I don't like that. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I want you to bring Fridays back. Oh, listen to I you. I do. They were listen fun. Listen to you. Listen they to you. They were hilarious. They were good. Hilarious. And you haven't done a Friday, a special Friday since we've been on the air. That's because you won't let me. That's not true. It's true. Okay, I will let you now. Everybody knows that I will let you have a special Friday. Okay. There you go. Okay. Um, All fixed. Looking at the local headlines, you know, have you been following this thing with uh, with um, um, the grandson of Sweetie Pie's owner that was murdered? And now I, I heard that. I haven't been following it, but I did hear that. How terrible. Well, now there's a new revelation that there's a third person involved, a third person indicted. And it's a producer of Nelly's Nellyville album is indicted in the scheme to kill the grandson of Sweetie Pie's owner. I'm Why like, would they do that? Uh, they claim it was for insurance money. They claim that, uh, that there was like a $450,000 insurance policy taken out on this guy. And, um, and it's, it's I don't know, it's sort of weird if you if you read that. Um, the thing that probably to me is, is most disturbing, and maybe this is an added end, uh, I don't know if you heard this or not yesterday, but... Um, the uh, the killer of Angie Hausman, this guy, after 27 years ago, it's hard to believe that that was 27 years ago, 1993, uh, when young Angie Hausman was abducted, uh, kidnapped yes. out of uh, I remember that St. Well. Anne, and uh, they found her, unfortunately, dead in St. Charles County in the Bush Wildlife Area. And yes. they cracked the case with, I can't remember if it was DNA or a fingerprint, uh, and think about it. The police had been working that case. You know, you see these things on TV, cold cases and things like that. Yes. You go yes. like, does that really happen? Do these do these police officers and detectives, do they really take these these cases and just work on them for years and years and years? The answer they to that do. question is yes. And the answer to that, and, and, and I say thank goodness for that. Anyway, the deal was uh, apparently he, he pled guilty. Uh, under a plea deal, uh, so he uh, he so he's going to get life in prison instead of the death penalty. You know, I will never. I mean, that's a, 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 a an area of someone's mind that's really, really, really messed up for someone. You know, I I know that. You know, you don't know this because, but that was around when Tiffany was you know a single digit, yeah. maybe just okay, and. We lived in North County. We lived in Flor- Old Town Florissant. And she used she went to Atonement Lutheran, and she used to walk the back way behind the church to our house because that's behind the school to our, to our home because that's, you know, that's how close it was. And I, we, both me and Tiffany were, Tiffany and I were at home, and there was, the phone rang, and she answered it, and I just didn't know. I thought it was maybe my mom or something. And um, I hear her say, I, I don't remember what I heard her say, but it startled me. And so I grabbed the phone and I said, who is this? And he hung up. And he was asking her things like, um, are you pretty? Do you, um, where do you live? Um, 
I know you go to school at blah, 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 blah. And I mean, I was, I was mortified. I called the police and told them. I don't know if they did anything about it, but um, I, it was, it was scary. Well, there are creepy things in this world. There are people that, and if you read the story of this guy, man, it's, it's to the point where, uh, you, you know, th- this is the problem nowadays we have where uh, on so many different fronts, people do bad things. And back in the day, you'd throw them in jail and you'd throw away the key. And now they're going, well, we, you know, I'm just like, for example, the, the, on, on a much lower level than this, the people who were involved with all the protests, all the looters and all the people who shot at the police, and there's never any charges against them. And yes. you're going like, okay, so where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line when uh, someone, and you, know, and you hear the people saying, well, putting them in jail doesn't do any good. I can tell you a weird story that happened to me personally yesterday. And um, you don't even know this because part of the reason why I said I was going to do what I was going to do today. And um, I don't know if I, 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 I don't know if I want to even tell the story on the air. Eh, maybe I will. It's sort of weird. Uh, someone that I came in contact with and actually spent probably 10, 15 minutes with. And it was actually sort of an interesting 10 or 15 minutes. And it was a guy, I'll give you a little teaser. It was a guy who just got out of jail. I mean, literally, I was in Clayton, and the guy just got released out of jail. And he came up to me and asked me for money because uh, he was trying to get a, a ride home. And They give him a ride home. No, they don't. They let you out. They don't ride you home. Trust me, I know that for a fact. You know, He had nobody to come pick him up? Well, this is where it got interesting. And, you know, I, like I said, it was an interesting story. And to the point where, where I will give him credit because he told me a couple things and he even said, you can look that up. And I had my phone with me and I did. And he was telling me the truth. But then the story got really murky where, you know, where he'd been arrested that morning, put in jail. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I know he wasn't kidding there because he had a plastic bag with him. And I said, what's that? He says, oh, it's all my stuff that they take away from you when they throw you in jail. And like, for example, he had, he had uh, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, shoe like, strings. Yeah, it was the shoestrings and stuff like yeah. that. His wallet. And it was all in a plastic bag with a, a, you know, an official St. Louis County police checklist of what was in the bag and the whole bit. Um, and uh, it was interesting. And he sort of made himself out to be, you know, hey, I'm just a good guy. Um, you know, trying to, you know, trying to move along in the world. And then he starts telling me about, well, when I was in jail this time, I'm going like, okay, the story gets a <laughs> little murky, you know? Uh, yeah, and, that's funny. And, 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 I mean, that's not funny. Ha ha. It's funny. Are you, you know, did you bad. get, did you crawl into the trash can? I did. Oh, okay. Okay. Me and Oscar are in here doing just fine. Thank you so much. All of a sudden, Shelly, you know, once again, you took the Brad Hildebrand School of Microphone Technique the other day, and now you're falling, you know, now you're, do we need a refresher course of the microphone is our friend. We put it in front of our mouth and we talk to it. Is that, is that, is that, uh, do we? Do Thank we you for the refresher course. I feel so much better and much, much adaptive to uh, what you 
what you say. Westpipes 107.1, it is BS in the Morning, 707. I'm Shelly, she is Brad. We are collectively known as BS in the Morning. Our website is bsinthemorning.show. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last hour, and we won't talk about this too much, just briefly touch on this, but I was reading the story about the uh, situation with the Angie Hausman case closed, this guy, Earl Cox. Um, and this is one of the times when um, I know people go like, you know, like, well, the police, they're all bad people. Okay, here's a case that was 27 years old. This happened in 1993. And I didn't, you know, I knew part of this was, but uh, in early night, according to, uh, this is a story from Channel 4 KMOV's website. In early 2019, a St. Charles County forensic scientist analyzed pieces of clothing found at the 1993 scene to look for DNA samples. In late February of 2019, so just a little bit over a year ago, detectives were notified the DNA came back with two people, Cox and Angie. Cox was initially identified through an online DNA database and was uh, retested with his consent. The probable cause statement said for the portion consistent with Cox's DNA, only one in 58.1 trillion, trillion with a D, unrelated individuals selected at random could be expected to have that same profile. So it was him. And once again, everybody, you know, nowadays it's not in style to, you know, ever compliment the police. But you know what? Way to go, guys. That's all I can say. Absolutely. And there's actually a policeman there. He's, I think he's a detective now that I went to school with. Well, if you figure that in the course of 27 years, I mean, let's say, let's say, a, you know, and I'm just throwing out numbers. In 1993, a police officer was, like, say, in his 40s. Let's say, let's say he was just 40, because we can use the numbers, you know, easily now. Okay, he'd be 67 today, and I doubt very seriously he'd be on the force anymore. And did they, did they say what the um, police officer's name was? No, because there have been so many people that worked this case. I mean, it's been, uh, oh, okay. you know, I mean, they, you know, there were St. Louis County, uh, the major case squad, squad was in on it. There was St. Louis County, St. Anne. Uh, obviously, uh, the, you know, the scene of the, the murder was in St. Charles County. So St. Charles County was involved. State Highway, uh, you know, they don't do a lot of that type of stuff, but they are involved to a certain extent, uh, which is sort of interesting. You know, I don't know a lot of people realize that in the state of Missouri. Uh, in some states, they're actually called the state police. In Illinois, they're called the state police. If you say to uh, a state trooper in state of Missouri, if you call them state police, they'll 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 correct you most of the time. They'll go, no, we're 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 highway patrol. And the difference being is that for the most part, they're responsible for you know things that happen on the highways, Missouri state highways, the interstates, and they don't do for the most part you know crimes and things like that. But in other states, they do. Because I worked for a police department in Illinois, and it was called. Matter of fact, Illinois had. It was interesting. Illinois had. Not only did they have the state police, they had. They had SOS guys. You know what the SOS guys were? No. Secretary of State, and in in oh. and, and and it's sort of weird in Missouri. The licensing, like driver's license and your license and your cars is under the Department of Revenue. In Illinois, it's under the Secretary of State. At least it used to be. They may have changed that. I mean, this is going way back when I worked for the police department. And the SOS guys were, I mean, for example, if you got your license revoked, an SOS officer would sometimes literally show up at your place of work or your home and, I would like your license. Give me your license. And they would confiscate your driver's license, physically take it from you. Because we had them show up at our department 
and they would say, you know, sometimes they would, you know, sometimes they would call us, sometimes the SOS officer. And if you wouldn't know what he was, because he looked like a, you know, regular Illinois State policeman, but he had a different kind of squad car. Like I said, I don't know if they do it anymore. That's the way they used to do it. And that was their responsibility. If you had license plates, for some reason you had your license plates revoked, they would show up and physically take the plates off your car. That's what they did. And they enforced all that kind of stuff. Uh, but wow. yeah, it was, I remember, I remember one guy that in particular, you know, we had an SOS officer show up at our department and ask us if we knew where this guy was. And we says, oh yeah, I knew where he was. And he went over to his, his place of work, walked in the front door, asked for this guy. He worked there. They came out of the back of the shop. I'm officer so-and-so and so-and-so your license has been suspended. I want your license. And the guy was like, what? Physically, I want your license. Give me your license. Hand it to me. And that's the way. Like I said, it may not be that way anymore, but that's the way it was in Illinois. And that's the difference. So anyway, so, um, you know, the, 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 if, if, if you read the, the, this case and it brings back bad memories, is that the sad part of it is, is that, you know, he didn't kill her. She died of hypothermia because, you know, he, he, he tied her to a tree out in Bush Wildlife and she died of yes, exposure. Yes, he did. It was horrible. Uh, you I know, mean, we don't need to go into oh, details, God. but how bad. it was pretty horrible. I know. I mean, how sad. And, and to think that the guy just walked away and, you know, moved on with his life. I'm going like, okay, that's crazy stuff. You know, it's pe- it is. It's, There's a special place in hell for people like that. Well, you know what? And I'm not one to judge, but I, those look, kind of people I do. I couldn't agree with you more. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to say something I shouldn't. People who know that their life is over, you know, terminal disease, mm-hmm. we should give them special permission to go after people like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Give them like a special, you know, dispensation, temp- temporary kind of badge kind of deal. I'm not saying you, oh, you, turn yeah. them in, you turn them into a cop and you essentially say, okay, if you take care of this person for us, nothing will happen to you. Did I just say that? <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Uh, anyway, that's vigilante justice, you know. Okay, can I ask you a question? I'm going to ask you something here, okay? Sure. I'm going to play you something and tell me what you think. Okay, you ready? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Westplex we 107.1, it is BS the Morning. I'm Shelly, she's Brad, 719. Um, my very first job in the radio business was in Clayton, 111 South Beamston. Building's gone. Sort of sad because there was two blocks there. There was a gas station on one part of that block, and then there was our office building on the other end, and they tore that down for the county jail. And across the street from the county jail is a big parking lot that used to be two another two office buildings that they tore down. One of them was a fairly new building. It was a bank building called United Postal Savings. And then there was a, a office building behind that. Okay, so I still like Clayton, although I'm a little sad what's happening to Clayton because all they're doing is, is knocking down, like, you know, older buildings and older people's homes and things like that and putting up, you know, uh, uh, towering condo buildings that like the condos are like you know a million dollars a piece that kind of thing okay so for whatever reason i'm in clayton from time to time and first off i'm two things to talk about i mentioned this last hour the city of clayton has allowed some of the restaurants that have like some outside dining they've and i guess the city's done this they put up those portable jersey barriers you know what i'm talking about the big jersey barriers i do but these are made out of plastic and they're filled with water they're, they're bright orange. And what they've done is they've taken a traffic lane or 
where the parking spaces would be, depending upon where the restaurant is in Clayton. And they've made like a bump out and they put tables there so they can have more outside dining. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you can actually dine on a, on a, a lane of traffic or, um, you know, parking space. You can actually dine at a parking space, have lunch in a parking space in Clayton or have a drink, whatever. And I think it's sort of a good idea because, they're you know, I don't know if the city's charging them. I should check into that, if the city's charging them to do that or whatever. Uh, but there, I've seen three or four places like this now in Clayton where they have that, where they have it bumped out into. Uh, and, and here's the other thing. Would you feel comfortable sitting at a table essentially you're sitting in a former traffic lane or a former lane that was used for parking and you got cars whizzing by you like three or four feet away would you feel comfortable with that i would even though and i guess like i said it's clayton i would yeah but there's still guys driving their bentleys in 100 miles an hour down you know merrimack and things like that you know you gotta watch out for that okay so here's my other clayton story I'm in Clayton because I'm taking care of some business. And a long, complicated story of I'm responsible for some property. I don't own it, but I'm responsible for it. Okay? It's a crazy, weird deal. Talk to me sometime in person. I'll explain it all to you. But I have taxes that I have to pay. And I have to pay them by today. So yesterday I went down to Clayton. And there's a parking lot right across the street from the um, county uh, executive building where... Dr. Page hangs out and, you know, the collector and the assessor and all sorts of people like that are in that building. And there are people in that parking lot that I see all the time. There's one lady in a wheelchair who only has one leg. There's another lady who dresses up like a baby doll girl and she walks around in the parking lot and she's asking for money from you. And when you don't give it to her, she cusses you out. She MFs you, and you know it's sort of weird. The lady in the wheelchair is very nice. So yesterday, I park in this parking lot, and I pull into a parking space, and there's a guy sitting on the curb in the parking space next to me where there's nobody, right across from the county jail. I get out of my car, and the guy says to me, Hey, man, can you spare some money? He says, I just got out of jail, and I need to get home. And I go, Okay. I said, Catch me on the way back, because I had to go in and do something. I come back, he's still there. And he proceeds to tell me how he's homeless and he got arrested because he was he was parking his car in an apartment parking lot where he didn't live and he was living out of the car and the police arrested him. And I go I go and he says and he says it happened this morning and they towed his car away. So he doesn't have his car anymore, his car's towed away. And he got they arrested him, took him to jail, put him in handcuffs. Uh, took his belt, took his shoestrings. He had a plastic bag that had his belt and the shoestrings and it had the evidence, you know, sheet from the county police. It was all legit. Checked it out. Because um, part of back in my earlier days, that's what I did. I did, you know, you know, I, I would, I've told the story about how I put people in jail and I'd get people out of jail because I was the guy that did all the paperwork. But anyway, so this guy is there and he starts telling me all these stories. And I'm going like, now hold on a minute. How did you end up in jail with the fact that you were just parking your car in an apartment complex. Well, 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 the apartment owner was mean to me. I go, so had he asked you to leave before? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you leave? No. Why were that apartment complex? Well, my girlfriend lives there. And I go, well, do you live with her? No, I live in my car. Why don't you live with her if she lives there? Well, she won't let me in her house. Okay, so... You got arrested because you're a homeless person. And he says, well, there's other stuff. 
Well, it turns out he got arrested, and this is like what used to happen all the time. They don't, it doesn't happen as much because of the Michael Brown thing. He got a couple traffic tickets, and guess what? He didn't show up for court. And guess what happens when you don't show up for court? They put you in the computer system, and you got a warrant out for your arrest on an FTA. Fail, failure to appear. You weren't in court. <laughs> you know, you should have been in court. They issue a warrant for your arrest. So, you know, the apartment manager makes a complaint. This guy's living in his car. County police show up. You know, the guy's in the car. And he said the county cop was going to go. He was just about ready to say, hey, dude, you know, get, you know go, go stay someplace else. And... And he says, I need to run your driver's license. They run the driver's license. There's a hit on the driver's license. They, you know, put him in handcuffs, threw him in the back of the car. Away he goes to county jail in the morning. They tow his car away. They release him in the afternoon. There he is sitting on the curb in Clayton trying to get money. So I start talking to him. And he tells me, he says, from Kansas City. And he says, you know, I had a business. I was in, I, I, I was a tree trimmer. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. He says, you can look it up. And I grabbed my phone and I did. And sure enough, there it was. It was this guy's company. And, he, and I said to him, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I said, okay, tell me what the phone number was of your company. And he reads me off the phone number. Sure it is right there on Facebook, phone number. And there's pictures of him like trimming trees. And he goes, look, that's me up in that tree. I go, so he says, I made a lot of money. I said, well, then what are you doing here? Well, I got this girl I fell in love with and I moved here to St. Louis. I said, so why aren't you working here? Well, my brother, I work for my brother. He owns a tree trimming company. I go, well, then why are you homeless? Well, my brother doesn't pay me. Why doesn't your brother pay me? Pay you. Well, he's too busy buying Corvettes and boats. And I go, no, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on a minute. <laughs> hold on a minute. Well, but my brother, his, his girlfriend works for him. So he doesn't have anybody. He doesn't have any time for me. He doesn't have any money for me. I go, so his girlfriend is out there like chopping trees? Oh, yeah, she's real strong. She's chopping down trees. So he's trying to panhandle money. And the lady who's in the wheelchair, who's come over and talked to us a couple times, and I've talked to her in the past, nice lady, she comes over and she's only got one leg. And she's listening in on this. And she goes over. She just got 10 bucks from some guy that gave her to $10. So she, you know, she's got a motorized wheelchair. So she rolls it up next to this guy and she hands him the 10 bucks and says, you need this more than I do. So I said to her, I said, can I ask you a nosy question? I go, she goes, yeah. I go, you're here all the time, aren't you? She says, yeah. She says, this is my job. I come here every day. I go, do you make money at this? She says, oh yeah, some days I make money. She says, this time of the year, it's not so good. She says, it's been really rough since the pandemic because nobody's coming to court anymore. You know, it used to be that parking lot was filled all the time. Now there's, you know, it's, it's like half empty most of the time. And she says, Christmas is really good. She says, I'll, I'll have days where I'll do three or $400 in a day. I go, you're kidding me. She goes, I oh, know. She says, but, and, and I go, well, do the police hassle you? She says, eh, the Clayton police all know me. And he says, and she says, the county police, he says, some of the county police, you know, across the street at the, at the justice center, they'll come across the street and, you know, sometimes they'll bring me lunch and stuff like that. And I said, now, what about this gal that hangs out here is like dressed by baby doll? Oh, she's really weird. Oh, really? Oh yeah. There's something wrong with her. She cusses people out. I go, I know she cussed me out. Oh yeah. She'll follow to your car and she'll bug you and she'll like, you know, sort of even almost to the point where she'll almost bump you. She'll get so close to you. And if you don't give her any money, then she cusses you out. And I go, why don't the police do something to her? Oh, she's too weird. They don't want to deal with her. She said if, if, if they get a call on her, she says she gets calls all the time. So I'm going like, so you're making money doing this? Yeah, this is my full-time job. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, yesterday I'm working the phones, trying to sell some advertising. 
You know how much I sold yesterday, Shelly? How much? Zero. You know how much she made work in the parking lot down in the county? How much? A hundred bucks. So I'd be thinking to myself, I need to take care of this, this taxes today. I'm going to go down and pay and handle today. What do you think? I don't think so at all. Why not? Because? I told you about the, the Dr. Phil episode I saw years ago where they had this thing where Dr. Phil had these two. They had a guy on one street corner, and they had him mic'd up. They had a secret camera. and a van across the street. And the deal was they were doing like a psychological thing. He would you know panhandle, and people would come up to him, and he'd say, hey, give me some money, and he'd give him some story. And then down the block, they had another cameraman who was sort of hidden and another guy, and they would ask these people. They'd interview him. Hey, that guy up the street was one of our producers for Dr. Phil, and uh, we know exactly what happened because we were listening in, and he, had a, he was wireless mic, and we know what you said, and you didn't give him any money or didn't give him money. And they would ask, why did you give him money? Why did you not give him money? And the people would give their response. It was sort of interesting. So they finished the segment. Dr. Phil comes back on, and he says, and, and we want everybody to know that I can't do my Dr. Phil anymore. He used to be, be perfect Dr. Phil. We want everybody to know that when our producer was out there panhandling, in the course of four hours, he made $357, but we gave that money to charity. And I'm sitting there watching this TV show thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing here? I'm going to Las Vegas. I'm going to panhandle. This guy's making 100 bucks an hour. You know? I mean, think about that for a minute. If you made 100 bucks an hour, you work four hours a day. You know, if, if you're working five days a week, that's $2,000 a week times 52 weeks, am I doing my math wrong? That's $100,000, isn't it? Isn't $2,000 a week? $400 a day times five would be 2,000, right? And times 52 would be $100,000. Tax-free, he's living in Vegas, no nasty winters, gets hotter than hell in the summer, you know, but still the humidity's not, you know, not bad, so it's not like here, you know, and he's making $400 a day working four hours a day, and he's in, you know, like the party capital of the world, you know? What am I doing wrong, Shelley? I don't know, but panhandling is not the answer. So you don't think I'd be good at it? I'm not saying whether you'd be good or not be good, but I'm just telling you that panhandling is not the answer. What if I said to you one morning, you know, Shelley, I've done this coming up on my 50th anniversary in the radio business. I don't want to retire. I'm just going to get rid of the radio stations. I'm just going to Clayton every day. I'm just going to panhandle all day. What would you say? I would. I don't know what I would say in that instance. So, so you would. Would I be an embarrassment to you? And if someone said to you, "Hey, Brad. Hey, Shelley. Brad. Brad got rid of the radio stations. What's he doing right now? Well, he's panhandling in Clayton. What? He's panhandling in Clayton. Yeah, yeah. He goes down there, and works the parking lot every day. Yeah, he would make me so proud. <laughs> <laughs> but. I'm not taking unemployment. I'm not taking, you know, money from the government. I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, in other words, I'm, 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 I'm essentially, I'm, I'm selling. I'm selling myself. Hey, man, can you help me out? I would rather you rent you rent you for a day <laughs> than have you panhandle. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, there are times when I see things like this. And, and once again, the lady in the wheelchair, she couldn't, and she starts telling me the story about how, how, how she was able to, I mean, and, you know, here's an example. She's able to turn her life around because of the fact that she, you know, she was homeless. She was literally living on the streets. Now she's got an apartment. 
And this is her job. She shows up there every day in Clayton. And, you know, I mean, and, and I think to, and, and it's funny because this guy who was just got out of jail, he says, when she goes away for a minute, he says, oh, she's got a, she's, she does real well at this because people feel sorry for her. She only has one leg. And I go, do you really think that's it? He says, oh, yeah, yeah. He says, the people that, that uh, there's a guy, for example, I can tell you there's a guy, if you go north and 170, if you get off the page exit, there's a guy there who can, it looks, it looks like he can barely walk. And he's got a cane, and he, you know, just stumbles up and down, you know, the exit ramp, and people give him money. I've been—that's for effect. And maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and you know, maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is disabled. You know, you give the guy credit; he's out there trying to do something every day. He's not sitting at home watching Oprah or watching, you know, all the the TV shows with the lawyer commercials and calling up Brown and Croup and yeah, I tripped on the sidewalk yesterday. Can you give me a million dollars? You know what I mean? At least he's out there doing something. Yeah, that's that's true. You're uncomfortable mm-hmm. with this, aren't you? What? You're uncomfortable with this, aren't you? About you panhandling? <laughs> yes. yes. I, I'm telling you, I've had this fantasy many times. I'm thinking to myself. Of you being a panhandler? Oh, I'm telling you. Every time I get off, like like going going east on 44 at the Gray Summit exit, there's a guy every single day. Every single day, guy's there. Matter of fact, there's a big case going on right now in St. Louis County about some guy down in South County that's been arrested, I don't know how many times. Uh, I think like literally 40 or 50 times. I'll see if I can look it up. And he's he's got an attorney. Um, God, this attorney's name. I think this guy, this 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 attorney has the world's best name. You know what the guy's name is? I'll look it up here real quick. No. I think his name is, his first name is Beavis. And you didn't think, and I think his last name is Shock. S-H-O-C-K. Uh, it's not Butthead? No. Yeah, Beavis Shock. Lawyer in Clayton. B-E-V-I-S-S-C-H-O-C-K. Beavis Shock. And he's representing this guy. Um, yeah, Beavis Shock. And you know what? What? On his Google reviews, he's got a five out of five stars. Says he's a lawyer in Clayton. Beavis Shock. I'd use him just because of the fact that, hey, my my attorney is Beavis Shock. Oh, my God. Beavis Shock? Yes. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to shock you. Have you heard the radio commercials of this other guy? Uh, This guy's name is Funk, F-U-N-K. No. Have you heard these commercials? What's his first name? I can't. I, who knows? I keep hearing his last name because he says something about um, don't let the system. Uh, you know, if 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 you if you've been if if something's happened to you, and let me funk. Pull them. you out of your funk. No, let me funk them. <laughs> I, I, I swear you that was funny i'm not this is not this is a real commercial i've heard it before i know I, I, it's, I, it's funny some, it's something like that and i've seen the billboard too you know and first time i heard the commercial i go what are they saying you know because i'm driving along listening like with with one ear not both ears i'm going like what did they just say in that commercial and then it comes on at the end my name is something so fun i'll look his nut name up too okay anyway we're gonna take a break uh, and then I'm going to put on my bad clothes. I'm going to get ready to go panhandle. 736. Westplex 107.1. Most girls. 732. Is that you, most girls? Shelly, is that you? What do you think? <laughs> no, you're not like most girls. I Trust me. Okay. I found this. Did, <laughs> I, I, sent you, I sent you the picture of the billboard. Did you see it? You did. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. The guy's name is Dale Funk. And yeah. he's an attorney. 
and he has a billboard, and in big letters it says injured with a question mark, and then it says Funkum, F-U-N-K apostrophe E-M, and his radio ads say the same thing. You've been injured, you know, you know, injured in at work, Funkum. You have a car accident where you've been injured, Funkum. He comes on, hi, I'm Dale Funk, and I can help you Funkum. I'm going like, first time I heard, I'm going like, okay. I, you know, <laughs> see. But it's catchy, and you remembered it. See, and once again, what do you and I preach every day, okay? What do you and I preach every day? And I'm a perfect victim of that. I'm a perfect example of that. When I talk about crazy attorney stuff, what's who are the two names I always mention? Uh, Brown and Crouppen. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because of the fact that, you know, and, and, and Bob Brown, I don't or even... Cordell and... Con- Oh, no, no, Cordell no. and Cordell. Well, but 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 that's a little bit different because of the fact that that they've you know I mean see I, and I know Joe Cordell too, you know I mean Joe Cord- Joe Cordell's an interesting guy. Him and his wife are both are both attorneys, um, and they started out very 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 small. Matter of fact, uh, that's what's Cordell and Cordell because him and his wife, Joe and his I can't remember his wife's name. And I mean, he, you would not believe the number of cities he's in. And once again, he found an area of the law that nobody had really been addressing. He, he essentially targets men who are in, going through a divorce. And for a long time, I know I'm going to get pushback from women when I say this, but for a long time, the men usually got sort of the raw end of the deal, you know? I mean, you know, they always had to pay child support, and they always had to do this. And, all. and I'm not saying in most cases it's justified, but in some cases it's not. And I know of a couple of women who've told me stories that they have to pay support to their ex-husband because they made more money than he did and they now have to support him. How do you feel about that, Sheila? I've heard that happening. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Uh, well, we wanted equal rights. <laughs> well, see, see, I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's the law of unintended consequences. You know? Indeed it is. I mean, it's to the point where I like, for example, there are, there, you know, like women were barred from certain groups. You couldn't join the Missouri Athletic Club. Uh, you know, women were not That's allowed true, there. That's true, you couldn't. I remember that. Right. There were certain golf courses that women could only play on certain days. Remember that? Women were not allowed on the golf course. Uh, they were like only, there was a day or two of the week where the women were allowed on the golf course. We talked about this just this past week, that the 18th. Uh, uh, of August 18th was the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. You know, I mean, like, it's only 100 years ago, last century. You know, 101 years ago, you couldn't vote if you were a woman, but now you can. And But the law of unintended consequences is that, you know, women complained about they couldn't belong to Missouri Athletic Club, but then what happens is they form their own groups, like, like Shelley's in one, where it's anti-male. I can't join Little Black Book. It's not anti-male. It's just exclusively a women's club. But we do have a mix and mingle that's both men and women so, that you can come to, and it's actually happening pretty close here. So if I had a, if I decided like I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it Brad's Athletic no, Club. No identification doesn't count. B A C. No, I'm gonna call it Brad's Athletic Club, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start advertising the radio tomorrow. Hi, this is Brad, and I have my own athletic club. Yes, it's really a nice place, but you know what, women. You're not allowed. Only men. Only men. Now, once a month, 
we have a mix and mingle where you can come in and you can see our fancy swimming pool and our really nice, you know, clubhouse and our cigar bar. But that's only once a month. But the other 29 days or 30 days or 27 days of the month, whichever the month is, uh, you can't come in if you're a woman because it's Brad's Athletic Club and it's men only. So I could get away with that. I think you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm being. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, 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 okay, you got little black book. Let's say I started a group, big black book, and it's nothing but men. And we could say like, well, little black book wouldn't let us men in, so we're going to have big black book. And we're going to essentially say, eh, women, <laughs> we're the, we're the He-Man winter, winter, uh, woman haters club. You know, the, the our gang thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and then you could say, well, you can't do that. It's it. You gotta have women. No, no, no. Once a month, we have a mixer, and 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 the women can join as associate members. We call them we call them wing women. Okay. Copycat. Because that's what you always tell me. You say, well, the men can 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 be a wing man from Little Black Book, but they can't be a member of Little Black Book. Okay, I don't think that's fair. Well, I'm sorry, but mm, so sad, too bad. Westplex 107.1, Taylor Swift, who is getting mixed reviews about the album she came out with, which essentially was her pandemic album. It's a very interesting album. It's sort of, what's it called? Folklore? Is that what we called it? Is that what the, 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 we talked about that? Wasn't folklore? I don't know. Uh, come on, you're supposed to know. You're a big Taylor Swift fan. Taylor? No, I'm not. You're not? You're, you're big No, ta- I like her, but I'm not like this huge Gaga fan. You're a Lady Gaga fan, is that what you're telling me? I love Lady Gaga. <laughs> well, Taylor Swift. Uh, f- yeah, Folklore CD. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, people are going like, it's not that good. Because it's different. Now, here's the interesting thing. Last night, you didn't watch Joe Biden? No, I watched part. I, I, I listened to part of it. Chris Wallace from Fox News is saying that what Joe Biden did last night is going to cause major problems for Donald Trump. Why was he good? Was yeah. he coherent? Oh, yeah, yeah. They said he gave a real good speech. I just watched a little bit at the beginning of it, you know. And quite honestly, it, it, apparently it got much better because I watched like the first couple minutes of it. I, you know, watched it after it was done last night. I watched it on YouTube. They had a couple of news channels had their, you know, the whole speech up, and it started out sort of rocky. And that was the interesting thing because that was I'm going like, oh man, he's not very good. But they said he got much better. And Mike Wallace, not Mike, that was his father, Chris Wallace, said that. Trump has been hitting away on like, hey, he doesn't know where he's at. He's, you know, he's in space somewhere. He, he doesn't remember what day it is. And that he sort of, uh, as Chris Wallace said, uh, he uh, sort of dispelled the rumors that he doesn't uh, know where he's at, that he's got, you know, like even you make fun of him. Uh, but apparently he came across. I, take that back. I do not make fun of him. You say, well, you say you feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him because the way that they're exploiting him, because the man definitely has diminished capacity. Well, but I don't know. Last night, everybody's saying, you know, even Chris Wallace, the Fox people. He here. probably had something in his ear, and he had re- was reading the teleprompter. <laughs> well, of course he's reading the teleprompter. That's what all politicians do. Come on, that's nothing new. You know, it's really funny. It's like it's like they talk about like there's two Trumps. There's the there's the there's the 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 Trump who's doing the rallies, and there's the teleprompter Trump, and it's two different guys. You know, when he's reading the teleprompter, he's not very good at it. I'm Donald Trump, and this is what I think you should do. You should go out. But yet when he's just like vamping, when he's just off the top of his head, he's really funny. You know, but when he's teleprompter Trump, he's not very good. Okay, here's the headline. Jolt for Joe 
Wallace, this is Chris Wallace, says Biden effective in blowing holes in Trump claim during DNC speech. And the Trump claim is that Joe is gone. Joe's like mentally diminished and stuff like that. And uh, Chris Wallace says that uh, that uh, uh, that Joe Biden did very well last night. And that's going to be tough for Trump because Trump's going to have a tough time saying, hey, I told you the guy's got problems. He doesn't even know what day it is. And yet he goes on and he does a speech and he's pretty good. So it's, you know, what? I'm glad for him. He, I'm glad that he pulled his bootstraps up and I don't think, yeah, he, I don't, and, I don't think was, he, uh, I don't think he wears boots. Did, did something that he was proud of. I don't think he wears boots. I okay. wear boots, but I didn't wear you're boots. You're just being difficult, aren't you? I'm not being difficult. You're being cantankerous is what you're being. I'm psyching myself up so I can go down a panhandle in Clayton today. That's what I'm doing. I'm, uh, uh, you know, it is, it is, is I, I heard somebody yesterday on one of the, um, who was it on CNN or something? I was I was watching something, and um, one of the reporters who's working in New York talks about how he doesn't think that New York will ever be the same. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. He said he doesn't think New York will ever be the same, and it's interesting. Right here in the St. It Louis, probably area. will not. Well, if you go into Clayton, I don't know if St. Louis will be the well, same. Well, if you go into downtown Clay, uh, downtown St. Louis, you go into downtown Clayton. You know the hustle bustle of the daily. You know, especially like in Clayton. You know, it used to be tough to get a parking space in Clayton. You can have any parking space you want in Clayton, downtown area. Pretty much the same thing. You go downtown. You know, if you park at the meter, it was always tough to find a meter during the day in downtown St. Louis. Not anymore. You can take your pick. And to the point where the sad part of it is, okay, did those people lose their jobs? Some did. You know, probably the majority of them were working from home. But that means that they're not, you know, like, for example, they're not getting up in the morning. They're not jumping in their car on the way to work. They're not hitting the coffee place. They're not hitting, you know, the quickie marts. They're not hitting the donut places. They're not hitting this. They're not hitting that. Uh, if they're, like, working in, a, in an area like, let's say they're working someplace like in Chesterfield, uh, you know, down in, in the uh, area around the airport where all the businesses are or in Clayton or downtown St. Louis or some of the areas with a lot of businesses. Uh, they're not going to eat lunch because they're not in that area anymore. They're sitting at home. Um, they're not buying clothes because of the fact that why should you buy nice clothes to go to work in when you can sit in your jammies or your sweats and, you know, sit in front in your house and never leave and you're not buying shampoo because, you know, they may get up in the morning and not take a shower. They're not getting their hair done. They're not getting, you know, their nails done. You know what I'm saying? And the sad part of it is all those people are not making money because of the fact that the people who would normally be coming in to buy clothes and buy coffee in the morning and buy donuts and have their nails done, all those people are having trouble because their customers aren't coming in. Like with us. I mean, how many, how many, you know, by the way. It has been a struggle, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, one good thing is we've got some clients coming back. Hillerman starts back up on Monday. Which oh, is, yay, I missed her. Well, but, but they're off for the summer anyway, because typically, you know, they're, that's, that's the, the business that typically once you get to, you know, the end of June when things get super hot. And not only that, they're not people do much gardening, but it's not the, top, the, type of, the time of year to plant stuff. You know what I mean? Because it struggles that time of the year. But yeah. Once we're getting into late August, and today's the 21st, um, you know, next week, except for a week from Monday, which will be the 31st of August, but next week's technically the last full week or the last week of, of, of August, and then it's September, and that's when you're supposed to renovate your lawn. You going to renovate your lawn this year? We've been trying to do that during the whole COVID thing. What have you done to it? 
Well, we fertilized it. Really? What? And we have this we have this young gentleman that like double cuts it because he uses we let him use our our lawn, our riding lawnmower. Yeah. He double cuts it, so there's no that that flaky grass and clumps. Yeah. And he weed wax like it's it's. It's a beautiful motion. It's 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 really cool. He's he's a wonderful wonderful young man. And so he's a he, good um, he's a good weed whacker. Yes, <laughs> he really is. What? Never mind. <laughs> did I miss something? Yeah, you did. <laughs> hold hold it. Okay, hold, Dale, man, child. Dale, moving Dale, on. Dale Funk's on the phone right now. He's calling me. Did you say, how funky is your chicken? How funky is your chicken? You know, how loose is your goose? We don't play that song anymore. I should bring it back. We don't play it. But And here's the thing, okay? I'll be honest with you. I have these mental blocks where there are things like, for example. Yeah, once, I know it's called Shelly. No, 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 no. Once again, tell me the name of the lady in Pretty Woman. What's her name? Julia Roberts. I have this mental block with her. I can never, ever, ever remember her name. I can close my eyes and I can see her, you know, you know, walking down the street at that, you know, famous scene in 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 uh, in uh, what's the name of the movie? <laughs> Pretty Woman. I just said it. Okay, I can. Pretty Woman. I can still see that. I can never remember her name. Okay, and there's other things I can't remember either. I mean, there, I I could I could say it once a day and I can't remember the next day. Although. I can tell you my credit card number when I my very first credit card four six seven two six five zero 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 nine zero four eight and I can tell you all the call signs of my, the four transmitters I used to have to identify when I was police dispatcher KRA five six nine KTS six zero six KCZ nine twenty four and WBG four thirty four but yet I can't remember stuff that I talk about I can't you know sometimes sometimes people will say hey what'd you talk about on the air this morning and I go I don't remember. I do the same thing because it's in the moment. You're you're absorbing the moment. It's like it's like what do you mean you don't remember? I don't know. We talked about a bunch of stuff. Well, so, I know. Yeah, and so the say, only well, reason I have something is because I keep track of what we what we say. Well, most of the time. Right, right, and and people go like. And I have something to go back on. Right. Well, people go like, well, you don't remember what you talked about? No, not really. Well, how how's that possible? I don't know. We just talk, you know. And they go, it's funny, you know, I had somebody the other day who who I've known for some time and it was sort of interesting because they didn't know we were they didn't they 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 I'm I left KSLQ what a little over a year ago and I'm on this station now. And they didn't know what happened to me. And they by chance find found me, you and me, on on here one morning. And the question was how long do you do you work on scripting what you talk about with Shelly? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, like not. I said, I said what? And they go, well, you know, isn't that all scripted? She can't be that stupid. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> you thought it really loud. No, I know I you didn't. did. And I'm thinking to myself, do you, do you think we script that? And the person said, well, yeah. Don't you have like talking points and don't you like you know like you know, share things back and forth okay now i'm gonna say this and you're gonna say that i go no <laughs> so well so the question was so when you go on the air you have no idea what you're gonna talk about yeah pretty much every day you know i'll go every through every single day i look at you know i look at uh, all the new sites and you know pull up things of interest to me and you know talk about crazy stuff and talk about crazy. oh my I, I gotta tell you a story 
I can tell you a story here. So did she say I was stupid? No, no, no. She no, can't no, be no. that stupid. No, did no, she no, say no, that? No, 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 no. It was to the point where she couldn't believe that that you and I just vamp. You know that you know that we just say stuff. Oh, I got to tell the wall the Walmart story. We'll take a break. We'll, we'll I'll tell the Walmart story. Oh man, this is okay. This is funny. This is funny. Okay. Okay. It is eight oh five. Hold on a minute. I was supposed to it say. It really is 8.05. I know. I said, it's 8.05, and I hit the button, and nothing happened. It's 8.05. It's Shelly and Brad in the morning. We call it BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Website is bsinthemorning.show. Okay, Shelly, I'm going to say something uh, about two people that I know I'm getting myself in trouble with because of the fact that um, it's going to sound like I'm just pandering to them because they're advertisers on the station. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, even if they weren't advertisers on the station, even if they advertised in KFAV and they told us that our station sucked, I'd still say this about these people. Okay. Okay. You just heard Caleb Hunter just a minute ago. Okay. That guy to me is a role model, dude. You know what I'm saying? He is. He's a community leader and he's, he, he is a role model, dude. He, and, and, and he, if, if you don't know the guy, first off, He's really smart, okay? And wicked smart. And he's really funny. <laughs> he says funny Hilarious. stuff. Hilarious. He says funny stuff. And he does. He cares about the community. And when I say the community, I'm not talking about just like, you know, St. Charles County O'Fallon. He cares about big picture. He cares yes, about he what's ho- happening in, you know, in our in in you know in the area in the county in the area St. Louis Metro state of Missouri you know country United States the whole bit. Um, him and his partner are working really hard to build a good business and they they've been very successful at it. And the guy is just sort of a hoot to talk to, you know. He really is. You know, and and how he is on air is how he is. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, and 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 normally, and I'm going to say this. And I'm going to get myself in trouble for this. Well, maybe I shouldn't. It's true. You get people who are, and Shelly and I have been doing this for a while. You can verify this with me. Especially craft people. Craft meaning plumbers, electricians, carpenters, you know, people that work with their hands. Um, Yeah. They're usually the worst at advertising and marketing. And how many times have we approached somebody like who is like running a landscaping business? And they'll go, well, I don't need to advertise because everybody knows I'm the best. You know, go like, all right. That's yeah, sure. actually not true. Well, I mean, that is true. I mean, the we, people do say that. We hear that but all the time. That's not true for them to what? say that. Or they'll say, well, I'm I'm too busy. I don't ha- I don't have enough time as it is. I, and I say, well, why don't you hire some more people? Oh no no no, don't need to do that. Okay, so. He's a marketing guru. He gets it, you know. And he when, does. And when we first put him on the air with his goofy little ten-second commercials, yeah, you know, which I had to temper me. Can yeah. you imagine me having to temper someone? Well, well, I mean, and what <laughs> what is is he sticks out. It's like it's like he does. you go back in history and like the people you remember. Okay, Madonna. Okay, why do people remember Madonna? Because. She had this whole different persona at the time. Why do people remember yes, she did. Elvis? You know, because he just he was he he was a rule breaker. He, he was the king. Well, no, but I mean, way back when he's you know he just was different. You know, why do people remember the Beatles? You know, obviously they were very talented, but all of a sudden they came along and they were different. And you you know, I mean, why do people remember Donald Trump? You know, love him or hate him? You know, everybody knows his name. You know, because of the fact that that it's just like it's like Grant Cardone, this guy I follow, and one of the lines he says if he introduces himself to someone and they go, "I'm not familiar with you," 
And his response is, that's my fault. And first time I heard him say that, I go, oh, I don't get that. And then I go, oh, I do get it. In other words, he's essentially saying that his job is that everybody should, he, he should have a name like, you know, Grant Cardone. He should have a name like Donald Trump. And everybody should know who Trump is. When you say Trump, oh, Trump, Donald Trump. You know, some people go, oh, my God, he's great. Other people go, oh, he sucks. You know, and some, everybody's pretty much somewhere in between. Maybe not. Everybody's on one side or the other with Trump, right? You either love him or you hate him. That's all the ways to it. Yeah, the, the, okay. he's, he's very polarizing, but he doesn't, there's no gray. Okay, my other role model is Chris Highfill. Once again, I know, right? One of the sponsors on our radio station. But what's interesting is this guy is a man of the cloth. He's a preacher, pastor, whatever you want he to call is. him. Okay, and he lives it. But yet, when you talk to him, he's really funny too. And he yeah, says he, he says really crazy stuff. Sometimes you go like, "Is this coming out of the mouth of a, pr- a pastor?" And not not from the respect of being. And he's not dirty and vile. Yes, That's exactly. Not it. He exactly. He just says things. Yes. That normal people would say that you wouldn't think a, a a man of the cloth would say. But yet, when he says things, he says these things. Every time he does that, he makes me think. And it's usually a really interesting observation. He'll make a comment about a situation. He'll make a comment about a person. And it's never anything like, you know, well, that jerk. It's always like something like, you Positive, know, love, and light. Well, yep. or, 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 you know, I think that if he would, you know, uh, uh, embrace a religion and not, he's not pitching his. Obviously, he'd like to have people come to Grace River Church, but... You know, he's essentially saying this person needs God in their life. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And and to the point I do. But, and he doesn't judge. Right. It's a judge free zone. And no perfect people are allowed. Yeah. And and he, even though that's a little but, judgy, but, but, it's not. If you think you're perfect, well that's not the church for you. There are no perfect people. Let's be honest. There are there there aren't. And that's and he's open to everybody. Right. And how he is on the pulpit. Is the way he is in life. Once again. Just like Caleb. Thank you so much. And see, that's the interesting thing. That's the thing that you and I struggle with because what we try to do, and quite honestly, you do a real good job with, with clients when you record them. We try to get people who own their own business, we tell them you should record your own commercial. And how many times people go, oh, it's I don't want to It's part of the Ice Ice Baby experience. Well, but people go, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I have a terrible voice. Hey, it doesn't make any difference anymore. We're not looking for perfect voices anymore. We're looking for real voices. We're looking for you. We're looking for you to come on and tell us why people should be do biz- doing business with you. You know, tell yes. your story. And it's to the point where we're more and more and more. And if and what's interesting is if you look at the explosion in podcasting, is it's people telling stories. It's storytelling. It's like I, you know, I got caught up in this thing, this American Skyjacker thing. Uh, we had the guy on what was that Wednesday, um, Danny Wisentowski, um, who's the producer of that, and um, you know, he's a print journalist. You know, he's a print guy. Works for the Riverfront Times. Yet he does an excellent job on this, on this, uh, you know, this American Skyjacker thing, and he tells the story, and the story is absolutely, positively fascinating, and it's fascinating to me is because. Two of the players, one of the major players and a not so major player, I know them, and I, you know, I I I worked with Alan Barklage for, I first met him in what 1980, and knew him all the way up into his death in 98. Can you be? Can you believe he's been dead 22 years now? Is that sad or I what? I can't. And well, it's, it is sad. It's coming up next month, September 18th, I believe it is the day he died. 22 years. Wow, unbelievable. You know, and 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 he's one that had a you know major impact on on my life. 
Um, my old boss, Ted Smith, you know, uh, you know, uh, an interesting, interesting guy. You know, uh, World War II, he was a fighter pilot, Royal Air Force. Uh, you know, flew Spitfires, shot down, I don't know how many Germans, um, you know, and then after the World War II ended, he was one of the first uh, British pilots to fly the jets and then got realized that, that England wasn't going to be the country for him anymore, saw him all sorts of possibilities, came to the United States, had no money, and ended up, uh, you know, doing extremely well for himself. And at the time, once again, at the time when I worked there, I liked him, but man, a lot of my coworkers hated him, did not like him. Because he was he was he was tough, you know. He'd tell you, you know, he'd tell you to your face, you know. Matter of fact, he, the thing is, is is <laughs> the running joke was that if he used the word bloody and your name in the same sentence, you were in trouble. <laughs> blood, that, it's almost like using your full name. That bloody Brad, if if you were like that bloody Jim, if you, if you got your name prefaced <laughs> by bloody, you were in trouble. It was not a good day for you. Things not things were not going to go well at work. If, if and, and I told the story, I'll tell it again. We for the first time we had we hired a research firm. I was doing I guess afternoons or something like that on the old KSLQ whatever it was back then, and I was not happy because first off these this research firm turned out they were not very good at what they did, but. Up until that point, you didn't use research at radio stations. And it sort of got around that I wasn't happy that, that my boss had hired this research company because he was trying to make the radio station better. So normally when you'd go into Ted's office, you'd been there 10, 15, 20 minutes. So his secretary calls me, Kathy Saganis. I can still remember her. She calls on the intercom. Brad Hildebrand to Mr. Smith's office. Brad Hildebrand, Mr. Smith's office. I walk down the hall. She says, uh, Mr. Smith will see you. She was the gatekeeper. I walked in, and he had those like those half readers. Okay, and he sat in his office in this office, and it was sort of dimly lit. And he had like lights over his desk, and he looks down at his, you know, looks over his his readers at me, and he says, "Bloody Brad, understand you're not too happy with this research we're conducting." And I said, uh, "Mr. Smith, I'm not. I think that the station sounds good. We're making money. The ratings are good. We're like number two, number three in the market, stuff like that." I said, uh, "You know, I said I think it's you know we're doing great," and he says, "Well, we could be doing better." He says, let me impart some wisdom on you. I don't know who discovered the ocean, but it wasn't the fish. And it was blanking fish. And he says, understand? And I looked at him and I said, yes, you can leave. I'm going like, whoa, that didn't go well. I was in and out in a minute. You know, I'm thinking to myself, that that was my last day at the radio station. But it wasn't. And it stuck with me, because how many times have I told you that? The idea being, and what he was saying was, if you get too close to something, you lose perspective. If you work at, a, you, you know. You said that all the, do you say that all the time? But it's, and it couldn't be even, I have, it couldn't be truer. Right. How many times have you, has you heard somebody who complains about their job or even their marriage or a situation they're in, and you're looking at it from the outside, and you're going like, hey, let me tell you. Here's what you need to do. You know, you can tell them like, first do this, second do this, and third do this, and they'll look at you like, what? Yeah, that's all you need to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. How you know? Trust me. Been there, done that. I see what you're going through. This is what you need to do. Or like people that like all the time that complain about, hey, my boss is such a jerk, and and you go, I go, you know, I people say that. I say, quit. And they go, what? Quit? Well, I can't quit. Yeah, you can quit. You can just walk out and say, hey, I quit. And well, what am I going to do? I don't know. Start a company. 
cut grass, panhandle, you know, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, you know, find something to do. You're all about that panhandling today, aren't you? Well, no, no, no. The idea being is that how many times people complain about the boss and I've heard, I don't, you know, that's part of the reason where I'm at today because of the fact that you know, I caught myself doing that. Like, you know, like, well, you know, and someone said to me, if you're not happy there and you don't think the place is heading in the right direction, quit, start your own company. And I did. <laughs> you know. So what do you do if you don't think you're heading in the right direction? Do you and you and it's your own company? What do you do? Well, if you're smart, you you try to get outside advice. You go to you know you. I mean, if you got money, you hire a consultant. Sometimes they can you know give you good ideas. Sometimes they can't. You read. You know. I mean, I still do a tremendous amount of reading. I mean, I and and what I do is what I've always done is I love biographies. I I you know and and I've heard any. Anybody who's in business can tell you the same story. You look at someone who's successful, and you look at someone who's doing you know, really well, and you go to that person and you say to them, I don't want to hear about your success. I want to hear about your failures. And 99 times out of 100, that person will totally engage you. And they'll say, well, let me tell you what I did 10 years ago where I almost, I mean, I can remember, I can remember one of my clients, car dealer, Dennis Dunker. When and he he ran uh, Royal Oaks, you know Jeep, which now is I guess Mid Rivers something like that. It used to be up in North County. They moved to St. Peter's, and at the time there was this new thing happening. What they called buy here, pay here, you know, and it's called the the car dealers called it tote the note. And essentially what yeah, they did was yeah. they took the cars that were traded in that were not in the best of shape that you know had 150 thousand miles on them, and people who didn't have any money, they'd have any, didn't have any credit. What they would do is they would say, okay, I'm going to sell you this car for, you know, uh, for $6,000 and I need a $1,000 down payment. Well, the $1,000 was typically the amount of money that the dealer had into the car. So in other words, if the person gave the $1,000, you know, to, to, you know, the dealer, you know, or the, you know, tote the load note guy, whatever, buy here, pay here guy, uh, then he was even. So in other words, every time, and, and a lot of these places would have you make, make, make weekly payments. And a lot of them. One of them that did sure remain nameless, we used to advertise in the station, he would actually take the cars down and they would have this gizmo uh, put into under the dash that would connect to the ignition where if you didn't make your car payment, they turned your car off. You know about this? I do not, but that doesn't surprise <laughs> yeah, so, me. It's so, almost like a breathalyzer right. for people who that's have a, DWIs, that, right? That's exactly what it was. If you didn't make yeah. your car payment, they, you know, it was the thing was tied into the cellular network. They turned your car off. So when you tried to start it, rah, 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 wouldn't start. So you had to go down and make your payment. You make your payment, they turn your car back on. Okay, so Dennis, there was a guy, I think in Iowa, who had gotten really good at this, a, a new car dealer that had started this thing, you know, and he got to the point where he was, he was doing these seminars and he was, you know, and, and it wasn't cheap. You'd go up there for like a weekend and he would, you know, take you to the car lot and he'd show you the whole bit. And then he had like a classroom, you know, the dealership. And it, I think it was like $20,000 to take the weekend course. And he said, this is Dennis, the guy that I was dealing with here in St. Louis. And he said, the most important thing he learned from the course was what not to do. Because every time the guy talked about a screw-up, he'd say, well, we tried this for a while, and we lost $60,000 at this. So Dennis is taking notes. Don't do this. You know, like, you know, so, so what he learned was all the things not to do and a few things to do. And then he said, okay, I'm going to do this. 
So, and once again, the idea being is that you talk to entrepreneurs, you talk to successful people, they tell you about their failures. The failures can teach you so much about business and can teach you so much about life. You know what I mean? You hear somebody talk about like, well, you know, once upon a time I did this, and boy, was that stupid. I look back and I can't believe I did that. That's the kind of stuff that, that nobody talks about, you know? And the sad thing for me is that that's what you never hear politicians say. You'll never hear a politician say, well, you know, I made a mistake when I voted for that bill. They'll never say that because, you know, they don't ever want to admit they're wrong, you know. But yet, but yet, you know, and some people say, well, that personifies Trump that, you know, it's always somebody else's fault. And, you know, it's it's you know, it's the it's the fake media that, you know, that has the story wrong. And it's the the, the stupid Democrats, because all they want to do is be socialists. And it's Nancy Pelosi. All she wants to do is sit in her basement and eat ice cream, you know, stuff like that. You know, but yet to me, when someone comes important documents, what's that? Tear up important oh, documents. Yes. It tears up the speech. You know, it's all it's all kabuki. Kabuki. Yes, kabuki. What's that? Oh, come on! We talked about that on the air. We did. Yes. I don't remember. Kabuki. Remember, I played you the John Hamm clip from from Mad Men. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's what it's about. Kabuki. Okay. That's life. It's eight twenty-six, and we're done. Everybody, have I have to say this quick because then he cuts me off. Everybody, today is Friday. Have an. Oh, I'm sorry, Shelly. We don't have more time. Uh, it's going to be lovely. <laughs> That's what Jennifer says, and um, it's been a pleasure being with you today. Thanks for thanks for uh, stopping by, Shelly. I am Shelly. He is Brad, and this is BS in the morning. You have to say that over again because I cut you off. No, you didn't because I can hear me. <laughs> Just for a minute I did, but you didn't hear me cut yourself off. Did so. you? Just for a second. And you just okay, kept talking. Whatever. You just kept talking. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. Peace. It's 826.